Are we racist? Well, we're Australians. I don't know if that's racist or not, but we're not apologising for it to any... Back chat! Malcolm Turnbull announced that the laws of math do not apply here. <laughs> One of my favourite brands of comedy aerial is brown people and black people making fun of white people. Senators have been dropping like flies recently. Shouting out the fact that in the Knowles Carter family, women just have one name. Back chat on FBI Radio. Yes, that was Bob Catter at the top, and you're listening to Backchat on FBI Radio 94.5. We are the freshest rap of news and current affairs on your radio. My name is Swetha Das, and with me in the studio today is Madison Kunorton. Hello, my darling. I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed you. Now, before we get into the show, can I ask you a question? Of course. I want to ask you, Madison, have you ever sent a message to a friend and wondered what would happen if it became public? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm pretty good on the text messages. I think the thing I realised when we were talking about this for the show was that in my first couple of jobs, I never realised that when you quit or leave, the company has all of the emails and chats that you've ever sent. And I'm probably a bit too casual on the work chat. Definitely, I think I'm too casual on the work chat. So there's just logs of really inappropriate things I've said over the course of my entire working career. Did you just see my face? I just remembered every text I've sent on Skype. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Good to know. I think that's a good call out to our listeners to not say spicy things online. Never say spicy things, I think, is the lesson. On your work email. Or ever. No. Okay, well, (laughs) we'll actually be talking about a new bill that will allow the government to read your messages, even if you encrypt them. So, I want to know what this is like. I want our listeners to do something. I want you to take out your phone, find your last message, and text it to us, 0409-945-945. Yeah? Tell us if it's embarrassing or kind of sus. Madison, what's the last text you sent out? Oh, I don't think that mine are very interesting. I feel like I'm a very safe... Oh, no, okay. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No, the last text message I sent is just a video of me in bed um, wearing a turtleneck because I was in Melbourne. um, And it's a slow zoom on my face and I sent it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, actually, I was going to be like, what was the last message I got? we're going to make sure we tweet that out because I think everyone should see your beautiful face. It's such a delight. I think you should send it out to the ether instead of just me. What about you? Come on. I feel like no. this a little quid pro quo. Well, okay. The last Facebook message I sent to a friend, um, it's not the one you want me to read out, but I have, um, I'm trying to humanize right-wing commentators. Uh, okay. I just think... Noble cause. I think it's important to, like, look into the complexities of the human condition. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a big... F- I, I'm interested in Rita Panahi. <laughs> the News Corp col- columnist. Yes. Yeah. And she tweeted a video about golden retrievers dancing because they're going to eat food. And I thought, she's a real person. She, You know, she has issues and cares about certain things, but she also likes dogs. And mm. I think that's the bond that brings us all together. Yeah, I think politics divides us. Um, dogs bring us together. Dogs bring us together. That's right. We'd really want some, uh, <laughs> we want our listeners to text in. Let us know what was the last message you got. Text us in 0409-945-945. To show us all what a beep lying, beep backstabbing, beep treacherous, beep beep she is. Thanks. Colin. Backchat, your alternative to talk back. Madison, what's happening in the news this week? 
Well, the big story of the week definitely came late on Tuesday when Fraser Anning, a um, Catter Australia Party senator from Queensland, used his maiden speech to the Senate to call for an end to Muslim immigration into Australia. Oh, boy. He also used the term final solution to immigration. Uh, and he also advocated for a turn, return to the white Australia policy, which obviously was Australia's immigration policy for much of the 21st century that basically made it impossible for anyone from a non-European background to immigrate to Australia. So that happened this week. You know what? I Someone asked me last week, they were like, I haven't really experienced racism in this country. Well, they weren't? <laughs> no, they weren't. That's the thing. But that's what's interesting. So, like, it's so interesting where it's like nowadays I don't feel like anyone's yelling at me from a car or like right like going like curry or something on my like books or something but it's just like I just switch on the tv and then a politician's like hey yeah white Australia policy and I'm like that's racism (laughs) that's it there we go yeah I think it's been a theme in our politics for a long time but especially the past couple of weeks we've had the uh talk about quote-unquote African gangs oh, in yeah. Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had uh, Fraser running speech and then also Blair Cottrell being allowed to be interviewed on Sky News. It just seems like we've gone from dog whistling to just... Just whistling. Just full and screaming. They just <laughs> the whistles out. <laughs> they've opened a window, they're yelling. Oh, man. It's, it's, how did you feel watching it happen in Parliament? Mm. The fact that he could get through that speech mm. in its entirety, how did that even happen? Well, my understanding is that you're given certain, you're afforded certain things in your maiden speech. You can kind of say whatever you want. Uh, We saw that with Pauline Hanson in 1996 when she made that sort of iconically racist. Iconic. (laughs) Iconically racist uh, maiden speech to parliament. Uh, This was probably even more... um, just in your face. I that really and I love that you mentioned Pauline Hanson because we were talking about it earlier. Pauline was like, this is bad. When Pauline said it was, Pauline condemns you. What does that mean? I think it just kind of shows that Pauline Hanson is now the centre of Australian politics. <laughs> oh my God. There's been talk that maybe it's, we're going, to, we're sliding to the right. People are like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. If Pauline Hanson is sort of the moral authority, I... I think that we've probably gone a bit to the right. We've gone very far to the right. Um, let's hear from Bob Catter. He, I mean, obviously, Fraser Anning's from the Catter Party. and Yeah, so I think he kind of felt that he needed to go in and sort of support or defend his... Of course, his, uh, I mean, someone his... has to bat for Fraser, right? <laughs> so it's going to be Bob. Uh, let's hear what he had to say to the journalists talking about this. Given your grandfather's Lebanese, how do you feel about... No, he's not. He's an Australian. And I resent strongly... You describing him as Lebanese, that is a racist comment and you should take it back and you should be ashamed of yourself for saying it in public. There's no prouder Australian than my grandfather, nor my great-grandfather. You should take it back. <laughs> take it back. It's I racist. We... <laughs> <laughs> Did you like my Bob impression? I'm excited for that to come out far more often on, on back chat. Um, I do think... I feel like we should hear from Penny Wong, though, because I think that that was probably the strongest condemnation of um, of Anning's comments that we heard in Parliament. It didn't feel like it was kind of going through the motions it, or just trying to pass this sort of test of like, oh, I I, um, I think Fraser Anning is racist, so I'm a good person. Uh, Let's listen to that, yeah. Um, here we go. A nation that is divided is never safer. 
A nation that is divided is never stronger. And making others lesser, fanning prejudice and discrimination has never made a nation safer. Oh, Penny Wong. Of course it was Penny Wong though, right? Of course it was Penny Wong that actually went in and, and moved a motion to, to condemn what Anning said and re, reassert our commitment to non-discriminate. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so interesting. Uh, let's hear from um, Turnbull and Bill Shorten. I want to talk about, um, I guess, their actions when it comes to this kind of thing. Anning's remarks are appalling. I condemn them and I reject them in their entirety. There is no place in the parliament for these outdated and racist views. Okay, so they've done what they have to do. They have to condemn Fraser. But... Just saying you've condemned Fraser is not going to make any real change. I don't think a young person of colour who is terrified listening to Fraser in Parliament is going to hear Turnbull Shorten and be like, well, we condemn them and is going to feel any safer living in this country. Mm. And I also get the sense that over his time in, in leadership and, you know, in previous governments as well, but Malcolm Turnbull has allowed a type of politics to to thrive in this country that can wield racist fear as a political tool. Absolutely. And I don't think that condemning one senator lets him off the hook for years and years of allowing race-baiting politics to actually fully thrive in Australia. Absolutely. And I think, you know, great point um, about outdated. You were talking about the word outdating mm. being used to describe Fraser Anning. I, I think it was just not, not only in his comments about um, his, his racist comment. Uh, also, like there were other things in his speech that didn't get brought up much in the media. Like he, he said that, you know, given everyone knows there are only two genders and you have given up your political soul if you are, are open to the idea that there could be more than two genders. Completely outdated. And then Yikes. I just want to read a tiny bit of this before we head into the song. But yeah. he also said... I remember Queensland as it was in the 60s and 70s, when working blokes could get good paying jobs, when farmers were not bled white by rapacious corporations or forced to sell to Chinese carpetbaggers, when you could say a thought without being charged for a crime. Fraser Anning mm. is just of a different century. He is not relevant anymore. And this speech was just the death throes of a racist, outdated white Australia that is it's on its way out. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I get, I'm really tired of this story. That's the thing, right? Like every week we're just like, I feel like we begin the show talking about a new racist taunt. I just, I really hope that some tangible change occurs. I don't want to keep talking about this every week. Let's hope. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you guys would like to say, add in your comments about <laughs> Fraser Anning, please uh, try not to go too heavy on the cuss words, but text in 0409-945-945. We have Mark texted in. He said that the last text that he sent last night was, did you go without saying goodbye or are you still having a wee? Interesting. Did you get a text back, Mark? I'd <laughs> love to know. No reply as yet. <laughs> no reply. It's a long piss, isn't it, Mark? Um, everyone else, please let us know what the last message you got. Oh, we got another text. Uh... Oh, yeah. So someone said that they got a message confirming their next psych appointment. Woo, yay for mental health. Love it. Love it. Wholesome. Woo, yay for mental health. Woo, yeah for mental health. Um, let us know what the last text you sent or got was or 409 It is absolutely laughable. The woman's off her tree. Back chat, your alternative to talk back. 
That's right, you're listening to Backshot on FBI Radio 94.5. You would sweat with us and Madison Connaughton. That was just Jerome Blazer with Fade Into. You can text us in on 0409 945 945. We've been asking what your text last text message was and whether it would ruin your life if it became public. I would be ruined if all my messages came out in public. Oh, we've actually got a couple of texts that have come in. Oh, yeah. Um, so someone says, I'm way too millennial and they've spelt millennial wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, and someone said, I don't think it would make much sense Fred has the same body leg ratio as a blue whale. And that was from Matt in Warialda. Well, Warialda? Oh, interesting. I mean, yeah, I, that would really wouldn't ruin your life, would it? Unless Fred is from Asia. Yeah, well, I think body leg ratio. So he just has short, short I don't know. I mean, anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. Text us in 0409 So have you ever sent a message to a friend and thought, I would die if this ever went public? Well, under a new law proposed by the government, gone will be the days when you could be sure that you and your intended recipient will read what you sent, even if you use encrypted services like WhatsApp, Telegram, Wicca or Signal. On Tuesday this week, the federal government's Department of Home Affairs released draft legislation for the Telecommunications and Other Legislation Amendment Assistance and Access Bill 2018. All right, there we go. We've done our research. Um, Yes, we (laughs) copy-pasted. (laughs) from Wikipedia. There we go. Um, But this bill would create a process where the government could access your encrypted data, um, but they say they're not creating a quote-unquote backdoor. Our guest this morning is Lindsay Jackson, who is the chair of the digital rights group Electronic Frontiers Australia, and she joins us to dissect these draft laws and try and explain what it means for privacy. Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So there's a lot of technical lingo in this bill. So let's start with the basics. What does encrypted messaging mean? Okay, so what it means is that um, the code for your messages is scrambled up, so it's gobbledygook, you can't read it. And to de-encrypt it, there are keys. So usually it's two keys. So I might have one and you might have one. And then when we put them together, it turns into readable code, a readable text so that we can actually read it. Um, And so where those keys lie can be a little bit different. So sometimes the key might be on your phone and sometimes it might be with the provider um, or it might be, or we might have three keys. So I have a key, the provider has a key, and then you have a key. So it's it's a little bit it's a little bit it's a little bit geek, but basically it's just sharing passwords to uncover the magic code of the words. Okay, so that okay, that's interesting. Having that broken down to me, is it? Do I have to be a hacker to send encrypted messages, or is this something accessible to everyone? Well, I guess that's what computer programs are doing. Like, so that's what Signal and WhatsApp and things like that are doing. They're saying we're gonna we're gonna um, encrypt it for you. Um, so that you can be safe that a uh, hacker isn't going to come in and read those messages while they're in transit. And then we're also going to make it really easy to decrypt it so the, you know, so you never actually realise the technology that's behind it. Mm. I've only ever used encrypted messaging in um, professional journalistic contexts. Oh. But I feel like some people or young people may have come across Wicca signal uh, 
WhatsApp ear during, you know, less less than legal activities. Um, but I guess why does the average um, law-abiding citizen need encryption? Like if the government can access these messages, does it really matter if you're not breaking the law? Well, sometimes encryption is really just about where the text at at the time when it was created. Um, so I think if, if we were building Facebook again from scratch, for example, that we would put more encryption into messaging because now we understand how much information and private information people share through those services and what happens when that information leaks out. So people will just choose those uh, sorts of devices because the stuff they're putting in there is going to be safer um, not necessarily because they're trying to hide things. Um, although, you know, there are always going to be people in society that need to be able to communicate, such as whistleblowers to journalists, and without having that ability to be able to protect the source and to be able to um, do those things in safety, there is so much information about, about you know, all sorts of things that journalists would never uncover and people would never know about. When this... Bill, when I read about this bill being introduced into Parliament, I was like, did the government have access to my messages the whole time and now they want encrypted messages? Are they, you know, I guess I would love to know more about what is their powers over just normal messaging and how is this going to broaden their powers overall? Well, they do have access to be able to have a, like to get a warrant and to be able to get your device. So if they, um, if they think you've done something illegal, then they can ask for your device. Um, so the problem is if you, ref- well, I guess the problem for the government and what they're trying to get around is if you refuse to um, unlock your device or there's been incidences where the owner has died and there was no way to unlock the device, that they want to be able to say to tech companies, Either, and this is where it gets a little bit grey, and, and can they? Can they say to a tech company, you must unlock the device for us? Um, or can they say, this person isn't going to give us the information that we need? Can you put something in to um, intersect their messages so that we can surveil them and get information? And that could either be um, handing over the device or uh, while you're using the device, and they're monitoring you as a suspect for illegal activity. Lindsay, I've heard um, very little from any of the tech companies in the sort of um, fallout after this um, bill was bill was made public. Has Facebook or Twitter made any comments, or WhatsApp or any of these made any comments about whether they would, you know, willingly give up? Um, communication, encrypted communication to the Australian government because they're under threat of being, I think it's a $10 million, it's a $10 million fine for each day that they don't give it up? Wow. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, it, it comes down to partly how the government has, has handled the uh, discussions on this. So we know that, well, they've told us that they've been talking to tech companies, but they really haven't had open consultation. So no one has really known what to expect from this legislation and where the detail will lie. So like for organisations like EFA, we're just literally waiting to see when it comes on the table. Um, So the first that, you know, we sort of heard at the start of the week that it was going to be coming out and then it gets released and it's a couple of hundred pages. So it's going to take some time to absorb it um, and to think about the technical solution and what people might actually be asked. 
Um, and that's really where the detail comes into it. Um, and that'll be where the, the long-term conversation and really the need to uh, have this public debate it, it becomes so necessary. Um, and, mm. you know, part of EFA's role is to, is to try to work to break that down so that anyone in the community can feel like they can be a part of that conversation without feeling like they don't have enough technical knowledge to be able to contribute and care. I love that. That's great. Like, I really do hope that this becomes a voting issue and an issue that is in the public discourse. I, I, this kind of reminds me of um, in the US, Apple and Microsoft have sued the US government, which is like, I think, arguably the biggest client, has sued the US government because the US government wants to take data from their data centers that aren't in the US. And they're saying that's a breach of privacy laws and they sued the US government and that's ongoing. So I wonder if that kind of, you know, ethical stance by these big companies might happen in Australia and there may be a huge backlash if it's not from big tech, but by people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's either, it's kind of either going to be that or it's going to be companies that say we don't, we won't deal with Australia. If you're in Australia, you can't access our service. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, the, you know, I think the really amazing thing about the internet and how the internet's been developed and, and an organization like EFA, we've been around for 24 years. So when we when um, groups were designing the tech, they were also saying, "Hey, this technology is going to have the real possibility to do real damage to individuals and communities." So at the same time as we get the technology right, let's also get the right stuff right. Yeah. Um, let's make sure people are protected. Let's make sure people aren't aren't harmed. Um, and so I think you know one of the frustrations that that technologists have is. Governments are kind of coming to the table with this sort of stuff now, but technologists have been working through this stuff for a really long time. And so things like encrypting data so that people's people's individual privacy is protected is something that is a real foundation for a lot of organisations, including big companies like Facebook and Apple. Like, say, say what you will about them. They are full of technologists and an ethos that's really about doing, doing, not doing harm and doing good. Yeah. So that you know, that, there will be there are groups that will people will coordinate on this um, mm. if they think there's harm. It's going to be fascinating to see whether this legislation passes because there are so many stakeholders. This is going to be a fascinating thing to follow. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for talking to us today. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, that was EFA Chair Lindsay Jackson talking about the proposed anti-encryption bill. There's still four, a few more weeks for comments before the bill progresses. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and what happens in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next week, obviously, something to watch out for will be that there are rumours Peter Dutton may challenge um, Malcolm Turnbull for the leadership of the Liberal Party. Peter <laughs> Dutton could be our next Prime Minister. Oh, my Lord. We'll have to wait and see. But... I wonder if that were to happen, if he would hold on to the home affairs portfolio as well, Mm. because this law, many of the laws we've seen around encryption and surveillance have been a consolidation of powers within Peter Dutton's home affairs. Yikes. I, yeah, 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 we'll we'll see. Oh, man. Um, Madison, this is kind of sad, but we haven't mentioned it to our listeners, but this is our last episode together. I know. Our last show together. I know. You're I still going to be here. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm still going to be here. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Don't text in how much you <laughs> adore that. But Madison is actually leaving Sydney to 
be the editor-in-chief of the Saturday paper. Just editor. Oh, Not editor-in-chief, but that makes it sound way more exciting. She's the EIC of the Saturday paper, baby. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but we're going to miss her. We've had a lot of fun times. I'm going to miss you too. Oh, my God. I So you asked me to come up with some sort of fun a bit of fun for the end of the show. Mm. Alas, we did a quiz when we first became hosts together several months ago that Ariel and Osman, the, f- oh. the previous hosts, <laughs> yeah, yeah. gave us. Um, and and so I, I thought that I would come up with some sort of fun game. Um, instead, I wrote you a heartfelt letter. Oh, no! <laughs> that no, I, I am this. now no, no, no. going to read live <laughs> <the> on air. <laughs> I wish we had sad music to play in the background, but just imagine... That there's sort of a sad piano I can music play some in the background. Of okay, all right. Swetha. Oh. <laughs> These past few months hosting Backchat with you have been some of the best and most fulfilling in my short, wholesome life. I can't tell you how much I look forward to every pointless screenshot you send to our messenger group chat. Excuse back me. Backchat, chit chat, which is hands down one of my top 10 favorite group chats I'm on on Facebook. <laughs> I love the fact I've literally never seen you wearing anything other than corporate attire. (laughs) Except that one time you came to do the show dressed in active wear and I thought we were going to get banned from FBI indefinitely. To every man over 35 that Swetha has ever gone on a date with, (laughs) you should know she only got dinner with you because she thought it would make a good bit for her stand-up routine. To all the Backchat fans who have come to love Swether almost as much as I do over these past few months, you should know. She hosted a TV show on Foxtel for five years called Oz Indian. Somewhere deep on the internet, there is video evidence of this. If you can find it, please send it to me. I'm at Mad Connaughton on Twitter. (laughs) Finally, to you, Swether. You should know that it's been an absolute joy for me getting to know you. You are the smartest, weirdest, funniest, kindest person in this studio at this current moment. (laughs) I very much look forward to seeing you become our next Prime Minister. Oh my God, call me Sutha Dutton. There's no person in the whole world that I would have rather become a strange political community radio version of Hamish and Andy with. Oh, Madison, I adore you. Thank you so much for our time together. That was very sweet. I mean, that was definitely a roast, but I appreciate it. I love you so much. You're killing it with the Saturday paper already. Everyone should subscribe. It's such a good paper uh, and you're such a good host. Play me out. This show show is going to die without you. (laughs) Well, I'll make sure it does. Thank you again. Um, and of course, thank you to our producers, Natalie Sekolovska, Cam Wilson, and Amelia Zhao. Um, you chose the song because you wanted to end on a happy note? This is, this is the best song ever. Oh, Lord. I love you, Troye Sivan. I love you, Madison. <laughs>